0: welcome fellow osmologists to osmology. I'm Sue.
1: And I'm Ben. In this episode, we're back with an update on our journey toward total and radical accountability.
0: Today, we're going to talk about the concept of pairing, quote-unquote pairing. I included air quotes for no one. And how pairing prevents functional teams from really becoming accountable.
1: For the record, Sue, I benefited from your air quotes, so thank thank you. you. Uh, (laughs) anytime. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. Uh, We're going to explain what pairing is some theories about why we all do it at one time or another and explore how we can start to curb it on our own team.
0: But for us, the most exciting part is going to come after we've released this episode. So we first have to get through it. We have to record it and have smart things to say. And then we're going to release it. And then we're going to go back to our team and have an honest discussion with everyone about uh, how we are guilty of pairing on the team and how we can get that much closer to dealing with our real issues together. So that, that's the idea here. Getting stuff that done.
1: That is the idea. The recording it, I'm confident in the having something smart to say, well, jury will be out, I suppose.
0: You know what? We, we do our best.
1: Yeah. With all we what
0: the talents we've been given. And what are you going to say? You know, We think we're smart.
1: I think you're so smart.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think speaking of how smart we are, I think it makes sense for us to start with the definition of pairing. So do you want to kick us off, Ben, and tell us what is pairing?
1: Let's do that. The simplest way to describe pairing is, again, air quotes, that'll only be helpful to you. Talking behind someone's back. And specifically we're talking about things like discussing the gaps in someone's work or knowledge that affect the whole team.
0: Right. Right. And uh, this is a thing we've all done at one time or another. It's just, it's common. It's common. It's it's very very human. (laughs) Yeah, it's extremely human. And we'll talk about why, where it comes from too a little bit later, but let's talk about, I am very interested if you have examples of this. Um well number one, other than us. <laughs> because we, you know, I think that we are very good about acknowledging when a discussion that you and I are having separately um turns from trying to problem solve into venting, pairing, complaining. Right. Right. being mean girls
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean i, I know we're going to dive into this a bit more but i mean i think one thing just to acknowledge off the bat is a lot of times it it happens without it intending to happen right like mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about a problem or um something that didn't go really well and then it morphs into well like give me an example like what are you talking about and that example includes a person or a process mm-hmm. or something that then we wind up talking uh talking behind someone's back you know and um right. it, like you said though I, I do think especially i mean i'm sure it's only ramped up as we've started this process about accountability but um i think even long before that i i, I think speaking only for you and i we've always been pretty pretty good at identifying it, being like you know it this is not helping definitely Mm -hmm. not helping that person that person it's not helping us so let's talk next steps or do we need to bring that person into a conversation or whatever you know and I definitely will not claim that we uh, detect that every single time or get that right every time or that we take the right next steps all the time we're not perfect by by no means but um, I do think we're pretty good at identifying it and shutting it down because we know how unhealthy it can be right right Right. Um, so your your question of like, you know, examples, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know that I can really give one um, that also would be unhealthy for me to even like bring up. I think it's just simple for me to acknowledge that while I think speaking only of myself and my observation and opinion of myself, mm-hmm. I think I am very good at not engaging uh and I think to that point when it happens it's easier for me to identify the behavior you know like me saying like me doing the me being a part of pairing you know me right. being a part of that conversation so um and that, I don't know as I'm saying all this right now I'm like oh my god dude you think you're so and I'm giving myself <laughs> way too much credit I'm sure I'm not as good at it as I think I am but um I don't know I guess but- maybe uh, I think that's jury's out on
0: as I've always said, you do bring that young Jimmy Carter energy.
1: That is true. I do get a lot of acknowledgement for uh, diplomacy or right. <laughs> or um, having the words that, um, as I'm struggling to find words, that coolest situation, you know, because I think mm-hmm. that that's an outcome that can come from, you know, not engaging in pairing, you know, is um, like, tempers can come down because you can acknowledge, or you know, the, the weight of the situation can feel less because you acknowledge that you're maybe piling on someone or piling on something. Um, and it's really hopeful to talk next steps and think about what it might be like to get them involved and not be talking behind their back because on the other side of that is a solution or change or something that's right. gonna up making your team, the organization better. So, so, you know, by getting to those next steps and looking forward, you can take the moment that you're in right now that can feel heavy and emotional and you take a breath and on we go.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, the, the example that I can bring to the table is I know I have used with you off air, um, definitely before. And it's, and I know I've used it with you because I've used it with everyone because it is one of my go-to examples. Um, And I think it, for what we're talking about here, when we talk about pairing, we're talking about uh, discussing in a negative, probably with a negative outcome, uh, something that another party, a third party is doing, saying a gap in their knowledge without bringing them into that conversation. That's pairing. And so the example I can give you is actually pairing of a group which exists. So the pairing is not just, uh, you know, good ex- a good example of pairing is the meeting after the meeting, right? Where you and your work best friend go into a meeting and then you have to talk crap about people in the meeting after the meeting. That That is a simple explanation of pairing. But Another example I can give is um, when I was part of an organization that was going through a merger and we were in one location. There were multiple locations and uh, the management made the commitment at the very beginning of the process to be totally transparent. Uh, and at that time I had not been in management. No one I was talking to had that experience of having to balance total transparency with not saying things you don't know, right? Not going, not leading people down a road of it could be this thing. It could be that thing. It could be, you know, so this group that I worked in really got into this unhealthy, uh, cycle of every time something would come up about the merger so we'd get an email or we get a phone call or you know somebody from management would mention it um instead of asking questions we'd wait until that person went away and then the group would ask each other questions well what about this why wouldn't they why didn't they say anything about that why isn't that thing changing When are we going to know about this and it it wasn't until i was away from that, that I realized how terribly toxic that was because, uh, what it led to was we would be asking each other, well, you know, why didn't they say something about this? Why didn't they say something about that? And the, like the punchline at the end of that conversation was always, and they don't answer any of our questions. Right. So it was the, like, it was definitely the most toxic situation I can think of in, you know, trying to work through group dynamics. Um, And the, it was not like, that was a situation that bubbled up and I couldn't tell you exactly where, where there was a breaking point, but at a certain point it bubbled up to somebody said something to someone in management and it ended in a pretty predictable way, which is that person saying, Hey, we're transparent. We don't have those answers. Yeah. So we're telling you what we have to tell you, what we know, when we can tell you. And if you keep engaging in the, you know, this toxic non-discussion, it's only going to upset you.
2: Right.
0: And that, you know, and I'm going to be very gross, uh, trigger warning for anyone who is sensitive about hearing about animals hurting each other but that is when i you know learn the allegory about when a chicken gets blood on it it it, the whole group attacks that chicken right? right and it's just this destructive thing where it's just attack mode um and for no good reason right so i i thought it was a worthy version of pairing just because I don't want people to get the idea that like if you're talking to three people and not just with two people (laughs) you're not pairing so it's fine right yeah
1: right
2: yeah
1: or if you start every sentence with I mean no offense but uh that also um
2: (laughs) also
0: still still really offensive
1: (laughs) so since we're uh since we know what's going on with chickens now um let's think about us as people and why do you think why is it so common why is pairing something that we engage in
0: because we are pack animals because we you know a thing we even the most introverted of us crave a connection of some kind yeah so we want connection we want validation i think when uh probably one of the most insidious as I think about the kind of pairing I have done, probably one of the most insidious versions of it is starts with me looking for confirmation, quote unquote, looking for confirmation. And it's that conversation, it's that going to your coworker and saying, am I crazy or did this just happen? Right? Which if you could say, am I crazy or did this just happen? And that other person could say, yes. (laughs) or no it did not happen you're you know overthinking it and then you could walk away that would that is purely confirming you know what what is going on in your mind but as humans we want to take that confirmation and turn it into a connection we want to sort of exploit that moment of confirmation and make it part of our relationship. Yeah. And what can, I think something that can be really destructive uh, is if you start to do, you know, if you have a work best friend that you spend a lot of time Seeking that kind of confirmation or doing that kind of pairing, um you start to do that thing where you're building a you're building a story about someone else for each other. Yeah. And you get down a road of, well, I heard that that person does this thing. And you know, yeah. I remember one time, you know, they did that thing. and now now you and I have built this mythos, right around someone else
1: just confirming each other and building right. on each other yeah
0: yeah yeah and and i think it becomes where you can't it, there's no separation right so we've had this long discussion about i know this thing you know that thing well now suddenly we both know these things we're both really sure of them
2: yeah right
0: so but yeah. it, it's but it's about like it comes from a really nice pure place it comes from a place of wanting connection with yeah. another person, um, and just like a lot of things, we manage to make it bad. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I think there's times that it can come from a very on place too. I mean, it's worth at least acknowledging that maybe at its, you know, root or you know, if you boil it all the way down, it's a very human thing, us seeking mm-hmm. connection or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I think you know, for for me personally, the reason why I've probably engaged most, and I imagine it's common, is. Um, some weird combination of like personal insecurity, uh, or like an unwillingness to be vulnerable in a certain setting, whether it's uh, a small setting with people that I think are, I don't know, more qualified than me, Mm -hmm. or a group setting that I'm just afraid to like, at scale, make myself look like an idiot. Um, So, you know, then in turn, I'll you know, have that meeting after the meeting or that pocket Mm. conversation, which mostly is, um, you know, a a more comfortable space for me to ask the same question that I should be asking in front of the whole group or um, me purely seeking validation, you know, like I need someone to tell me they agree before I'll raise this as a real issue, or Mm. I need someone to agree with me. So I know I'm you know, justified in some way. And, um, I may or may not say anything or do anything with that confirmation. You know what I mean? I think that's the worst, worst case scenario is you have this separate conversation that only creates extra time and drama and uneasiness and Mm -hmm. toxicity. And then as a result of getting the thing that you wanted, which is confirmation, you do nothing with it, you know? You just like, no, oh, well, I know that that person agrees with me and I'm not an idiot, um, but everything still is messed up. Ugh, gross, you know, whatever. It's just like yeah. worst case scenario, you know. So.
2: Yeah, what what do you think?
1: What do you think is, you know, there, there's so OK, maybe a conclusion that we're coming to is don't have the meeting after the, the meeting, be a bit vulnerable. Hopefully, you work in a place where you know the culture is one that at least um, you know on some level accepts people to um, ask a question that maybe they should know the answer to. But you're just going right. to be open and honest, and trust that people aren't going to call you an idiot or think right. less of you. But they're just going to help, right? Um, what do you think might be a potential negative outcome to um, trying to fix it? So like, if I'm going to make the choice, I'm not going to do a pairing or I'm not going to have any of these meetings after the meeting. Um, but instead I'm going to do this. Like, what are some potential negative outcomes of trying to fix the problem? Am I asking a real question?
0: I think you're, I think you're asking a real question. I think I'm understanding the question and, but, but for clarity, I am wondering, uh, are is the question you're asking, what do we perceive to be the negative possibilities? Mm. Is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great question. Maybe it's a great question to the question. Maybe it's, it's a per, a perception that someone has mm-hmm. that then would just give them comfort to continue to pair. Or right. maybe it's a, a misstep um, that winds up being like additionally destructive or maybe more destructive mm-hmm. because... You're you're trying to do the right thing, but really just maybe adding to the problem or doing another version of like toxic behavior.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, and I can so answering my question, which was my question that I added to your question. Uh, <laughs> I can see uh, one one of the posi- one of the potential negative outcomes of deciding I'm not going to pair. I am going to deal, I'm either going to make the decision because I actually think there's two routes you go on. Either this matters enough to me that I'm going to deal with it. It's a real issue or I'm going to deal with it, you know, with the team. Or um, it is a not real issue uh, or a real issue that this is not the time or place, right? So forever, there are a lot of reasons you could decide not to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you make your decision in the moment and you are vulnerable, and you say, like, maybe I, side note, you know, and the people we work with know that um, one of my main exports is saying, maybe I should know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. So you do know that that is not something that, uh, that is something I have learned not to struggle with, to be really, really clear. It's something I've learned not to struggle with on our team. Um, I think the perceptions, the perception someone can have going into that situation is that the stakes are way higher than they actually are. Hmm. And that is a common thing we all carry with us all of the time what we think people think about us is usually so off the mark and primarily the reason we are so off the mark is because people just straight up aren't thinking about us. (laughs) So that perception that you have that I'm going to bring this up and it's going to cause all these troubles and um, so I shouldn't do it or whatever that is or it's going to, a reputation risk for me. Um, you there? I think there is a more than even chance. You do it, you take the leap in that public setting with your team, and uh, people are so busy focused on their junk that it does not even hit their radar. Mm. And they maybe... And maybe it's, maybe it's good news because they're so focused on their thing or thinking about the question they want to ask, or maybe they're going to go and talk to their work best friend later after the meeting, um, mm-hmm. that they are, that they just answer it because they have no, uh, they, they don't have an inner dialogue that even includes you. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah.
0: we perceive the risk is really, really high
2: yeah
0: and the risk is probably
2: not really <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think another as as um as you're talking, I think another uh, thing that comes to mind is uh, as like a potential negative outcome of trying to deal with it or improve uh is complacency. you know, you hmm. might wind up not asking the question that you have to ask to anyone right and in turn a discussion, what might be a healthy discussion never happens, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, why did, why does this thing keep happening? Or why did, why does this thing keep coming up or why does this thing never come up? You know um, some of those questions might be just enough for the thought to get out on the table. And then Mm -hmm. I suppose the bait or the temptation from there is, well, let's figure this out right now, you and me, and let's make sure we're on the same page when really just getting that question out on the table might be a really healthy thing. And then Mm
2: -hmm.
1: someone identifying what you might be going into pairing and saying like hey we got to ask that during the next meeting or yeah. uh, let's make sure that we get this information from that person before we go any further cuz who knows who knows if this is really even a big issue right right at right. the moment it feels like it's like the stakes are super high so or you know i guess another version of complacency is just you um like in those big meetings you just are a wallflower you say nothing and mm. some of the thoughts that you have or questions you have like really good start yeah important discussion
2: yeah yeah I mean, you know I am really
0: glad you brought up complacency because that that is something I need to be reminded about like and I'm not I'm not making a joke I'm being very like totally serious with you it never occurs to me to be complacent <laughs> <laughs> and so the fact, the fact that other people are like that, that's an important perspective for me to yeah. understand that that's a risk for people. Yeah. Um, because it's not like I have the opposite. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where some, you know, we we definitely work with people We and everybody's known people who uh, their struggle is always going to be like, they don't care they don't care it's just like it's whatever it's just you know that thing um and i i am the flip side which is like do you care too much is are you putting too much energy into it
1: yeah yeah well and we should be clear there's a difference between uh complacency and then having the right information state of mind mm-hmm. uh, wherewithal whatever it is that tells you um not now you know, right. Um, right. This is something that I, we could totally go down some road right now and dive into, I guess maybe it's translated to the overused, uh, getting into the weeds, right? Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: choosing to not get into the weeds or go down a road that just isn't helpful at the moment is not complacency. Right. You know? So,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, when you bring up the idea of complacency, now all all the wheels are turning, because <laughs> now, now I'm thinking about accountable teams. Uh, you can't have, uh, I think people can be complacent about certain things. You can say like, if our chairs are red or if our chairs are green or if our chairs are blue, I don't care. You can be complacent about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone, I can't, other people can, uh, <laughs> but uh I, you can't have an accountable team and have any anyone on that team be fully complacent all of the time. Um, first of all, I don't think that's real.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't think there's anyone that is right. right. If they're if they want to work for your team, I I think there's a period in your career journey where you get to that point where nothing matters, hmm. right? Um, But if we are assuming that everyone, uh, if ever we're assuming everyone on this theoretical person's team is um, there for the today, there for the long haul, right? No one's on their way out. Mm -hmm. Then total complacency can't exist, I think. Do you agree?
1: I think so. Just nothing is such a big word, like to say that nothing matters to someone. I mean, that's, I don't want to be in that inside that person's brain. Yeah. Um, You know, but
0: yeah. But have you ever left a job feeling that way?
1: Where nothing matters? Yeah. No. no. Okay. Gosh, I didn't, man. I don't know. Maybe I need to dig into that one a little bit more. Um, But I don't know immediately my reaction is a very confident no like something has mattered something has always mattered yeah I've also not I've been fortunate to like not have left a ton of jobs either so Mm. maybe my story is just a tad different
2: yeah Yeah,
1: not so different than anyone else I mean like it's not like yeah anyway
0: yeah I I associate this with like the youngest version of me right so like early, first, when you are first in the job market, this is not to say that I don't think everyone could get there with yeah. an employer, but you already, at least I did when I was first in the job market, like the stakes are felt really low, yeah. you know, cause there, there are, there's a handful of things that I'm qualified to do Um and my mind can't make a connection between them and the world getting better or whatever grand scheme I think I have at you know 17 um so you already go in with things being pretty low stakes yeah and then as you're on like as you're on your way out it's like well I didn't actually care if I was doing this job in the first place Uh and now uh You know, either I've got a new job or my boss has been a jerk to me or like that. It's that kind of mindset. That's when that happened to me when I was a teenager.
2: Mm.
0: Um, And that's where I can identify it. I think it still happens to people now, though.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can believe that it happens. Yeah. I grew up working for my dad starting from a really young age. And I think, gotcha. Yep. the Raj. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, as I'm sitting here analyzing myself, I wonder if that has something to do with my confident answer about
2: mm-hmm.
1: like something always mattering because from my very first job, um, you know, talking about my very first job, like it was, family business it was working Mm. for my dad it meant a lot I mean it meant food on the table right you know so I mean I don't think that I had the wherewithal or understanding of that at that time but looking back for sure and having conversations with my parents since like I knew that the function of that business relied heavily on us kids being involved and Mm -hmm. you know being part of the workforce and so I think, you know, just being heavily influenced by that experience at a young age, you know, probably meant that when I worked in Target or mm-hmm. at, at Target later in high school, there was a lot about that job that probably mattered more to me than, yeah, the an, another person that didn't want that job in the first place or something. That's right. throwing no shade at anyone um, or making, I hope I'm not making myself sound like uh, I've just been so righteous, and everything means so much in my whole life. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that all I'm saying is that that experience at a young age probably mm. influences influences my answer to your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. and and I think is an important point how people come at things from different angles. I so do you think that that having having that be your experience. And I think the answer to this question is just an easy yes. Um, Makes it difficult for you to see how people could be complacent in their job? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Very simple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably an overuse of the word, but like ownership is like something that I've always felt in like every Mm -hmm. job that I've had. Like I remember having a feeling, (laughs) sorry, Target, I don't think I'm saying anything that'll get us in any trouble. That, like, I remember facing the health and beauty aisle, the worst job, the worst job. You know, bringing all of the boxes of makeup to the front to get that Mm -hmm. nice flat face and just beauty. You know, make that aisle beautiful. Um, I remember feeling an ownership in that assignment. It sucked. I hated it, but um, I always had a feeling of this is me. This is mine. You know, and the how this thing looks is a reflection of me.
2: That's and, uh, awesome.
1: Yeah, and Maybe others, and and I also totally understand, and I I think that that can be unhealthy at times for me to feel an ownership and things like that, because um, I'm sure that there's people on the other end of that scale that are like this is all going to get messed up by eight 30 tomorrow morning. So like, why am I sweating about this? And they're not wrong, <laughs> you yeah. know? So uh, a, a healthy place is probably somewhere in the middle, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, I really don't want to make this episode about me, Sue.
0: I, you know what? It's all about you. No, I think I, the reason I'm so interested here is uh, accountable, being accountable on a team ownership is part of it everyone has to feel that sense of ownership and i i'm really interested in this line of discussion because if you as the executive director uh don't even have the idea that someone could not have ownership on their radar on your radar Mm -hmm. um it's a conversation we have to have if you can't uh, I'm not saying you can't have empathy. I'm saying if you are not programmed to be able to think that way, uh, if it's not in your frame of reference, then you know what what assumptions do you make about how easy it is for people to have ownership
2: right
0: about how uh, common sense it should be when we just say, like, no, we have to have a shared fate. You guys all have ownership. Like how what what shorthand? could we possibly be using that isn't connecting with people Mm -hmm. because they don't, uh, I, I'm not saying our team doesn't take ownership. I'm saying uh, it just, if it affects your worldview, how does it affect how we talk to the team about it?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I've grown a a bit in that um, like I have some understanding uh, conscious or subconscious that um, like not everyone feels That same way, Um, not to say that like subpar work is acceptable or anything like that, but I think you can tell when someone feels like they own that project or own Mm -hmm. their job, their role. Learn, get better, Um, and then you can tell you can tell the difference from that and when someone just is simply in a different stage of their career where they're learning and they're just green. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And I think that like being able to detect that difference is something that uh, I'm sure I can get better at but um, is something that I have gotten better at over time is mm-hmm. like to know like okay this person just straight up doesn't care right, right now they don't feel any ownership in this or you know hey this person's just learning um, that's gonna that's gonna be what mm-hmm. it is done is better than perfect in this case let's let's go you know they're learning the next thing's going to be better um, yeah I kind of lost my train of thought there but I think that it's it's a all of this, everything that we're talking about today is like a journey and something mm-hmm. that you know we progress right. At,
0: so. right. Well, and and I don't want you to get the perception that I think you're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. No, I'm
2: just, I
0: get I'm, I get I'm fascinated by the idea. Well, and also uh, you know, you and I we have very different uh, career journeys, and part of my career journey has uh, taken me through training. And I, and um, frontline supervision and so you know, I think I have, I have developed a different perspective because when you're at the beginning of someone's career, um, you, especially because, and this is no shade to younger people, but like when we're talking about the beginning of someone's career, like we're talking some pretty young people. Um, you start to, you start to see the, like, what I learned was there are, there just are people who, um, they're, they're either, they're either going to develop a care for what they're doing, or they inherently, this is maybe just the wrong place for them to be. And they're never going to develop a care for it. Um, and to be able to, it, and it is so important to be able to identify, uh, who those people are and how to respond to them. If they're never, uh, and I, I hate to use the term "cut your losses," but you know, to be able to say, like, "Listen, you you just gotta, buddy, you just gotta get through the day." And if this is not where you want to be, hey, that's cool. Follow the rules. Do everything right. Um, I'm not going to ask you to make this your personality. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then also to encourage the other people who are like you want this to be your personality cool let's make yeah. it your personality this is who you are now right um but to be able to have like to see people who are going to be inherently without ownership and make those decisions like do we are we keeping are we keeping you from doing what we from being where you should be.
2: Right. Um,
0: and are you cool with that?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Like if you call, qual- if you do, you know, there are certain parts of, the, um, there are certain jobs where, like, if you are meeting the qualifications of the job and nobody gets hurt, nobody gets screamed at, there's no swearing, <laughs> yeah. um, then just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, know that someday you've got to find something you care about
1: right yeah and it's really important that you do because we want you to be happy
0: yeah yeah okay we're climbing back out of that well and moving on back to talking about pairing how it can be destructive yeah um i think we've made a really good case for it being destructive but what have we missed
1: yeah I mean, we've talked about some of the specifics, right? Like, I mean, just using the example of the meeting after the meeting, like, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that wasn't on your calendar. What didn't you do because you had that meeting? So lost time, right?
2: Right.
1: Um, Negative perceptions, you know, especially when it's something where you're having conversations about someone or maybe something that isn't there to, you know, defend themselves. that's but you know the example you gave of like just each of you trying to get to agreement with each other to paint this picture that most often is a negative one either about a person or um something that a person owns and which then might be a reflection on that person Mm
2: -hmm.
1: really like none of it might be true you know right there there may be aspects of truth in what you're saying or you have evidence of something that helps paint this picture um, but that's not what the picture is, you know, and then the picture might wind mm-hmm. up being much more negative. So yeah, those are those are two huge destructive outcomes of pairing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and another one, if we if we look at you know the intentionality behind having an accountable team is that you know getting back into that cycle where the team's not accountable, the manager is holding them accountable. So you have people, you know, two, two employees go off and pair about a third and they get themselves worked up to the point, well, finally, now I'm going to go talk to the manager. And I'm going to tell that manager that they have to tell that person, you know, this, 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 and this, and this. Well, now, now what you've done, not that a manager is not responsible to make sure everyone is um, creative and doing their work and, you know, doing all of those things. But uh, what they're not responsible for is um, solving your imaginary petty problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, you, you don't need to go and figure out how a manager should be doing their job and then tell them what to say. Yeah. And create this whole log jam of information that is the purpose behind dealing with real issues as a team right um and also ps uh, one of the ways that i have always struggled with in that which that scenario one employee sees a problem with another employee they take it to a manager the manager then is expected to go to the employee um that what is inherently useless about that, useless is a big word. Hmm. one of the th- one of the things that's challenging about that is, um, if you come to me as manager and say you have to tell you have to tell Kevin that he's got to, you know, that he's not following the dress code and he has to be wearing chinos all of the time. I don't know. Um, well, now you have set up a you have set up a anonymized version of this conversation where your expectation is, I don't go and say, Kevin, Ben says you got to be wearing your chinos all the time. Ben said, you know, he saw you, I don't know, wearing a child's tutu. <laughs> and um, now I have to come and tell you where are your freaking chinos. Um, the next time Kevin is not wearing chinos and you see it, um, I can't go to you and say, "Well, Ben, I told him," because right. you set up an anonymous situation for us to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's none of if if it's none of his business that you said it. Well, it's none of your business what he said. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So I and I have seen this so many times. where you have to tell that person to stop doing that thing. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell that person to stop doing that thing, but don't come back and ask me if I did. And P.S., once you hand it to me to do that, then how I and that person deal with it, that's us. That's me and them. Yeah. You're out of it now. So mm-hmm. if you don't like the result, you know, maybe maybe that manager reaches a different compromise with that employee because they, they go to that employee and say, hey, did you know that you were supposed to do this? Oh, well, I'm actually allergic to chinos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm
2: okay. sure in some well, states.
0: Yeah, so, okay, Kevin, we have to make an accommodation. You, you're you allergic to chinos. Um, so we'll talk about that accommodation. Well, the Southern employee is never going to get the satisfaction they want. Um, and I think on really destructive teams, they don't care. That employee doesn't care if Kevin wears chinos or not. What they care is that everybody follows the rules. Yeah. And that if Kevin can get away with it, why can't I get away with it? And Mm -hmm. Kevin's getting something I don't want, I don't get. Yeah. So it's it, it that whole anonymous side of it. I mean, and the same thing when you're pairing and not going anywhere with it. The anonymization of it is unhealthy. It it erodes trust on the team. And it makes transparency impossible.
2: Right. Yeah. So many other issues can stem off of it too.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So how do we avoid pairing, Ben?
1: Oh, great question.
0: Well, that was your question to ask though, so.
1: <laughs> Darn it. No, it's okay. I mean, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think first thing is first. One, know what it is, right? Because that's mm. the first step to detecting it. You know, and I think that maybe the super easy, uh, (laughs) easy way for me to answer this question and not go too deep is to just say, stop it, like, Mm -hmm. stop it, stop doing that. But like, you'll never be able to make it that simple if you don't know what it is to be able to identify it right so to know whether or not you're having a healthy one on one conversation or other kind of small group conversation. Um, or maybe even, I mean, I suppose there's a version of a big group, like, like a large group conversation that can be pairing, right. Where
0: I think our have done it. No. Yeah, yeah, I think they
1: have. Yeah. So, um, you know, just knowing, uh, what it is and then having the ability to identify it and stop it, Mm. um, is first thing first. So hopefully, hopefully we've helped some, I mean, I know we've helped ourselves by having this discussion today, but hopefully some. Listeners, too, maybe we'll have the radar up to it and be like, "Mm, yeah, this shouldn't happen here or shouldn't happen this way. Yeah, that's first things first. And I suppose maybe next level beyond that, share, like share, Mm -hmm. be comfortable in um, identifying it with that person or that other group, share it with your team. Uh, and let them know like this is the thing that like i'm i'm personally working on my radar is up to detecting when this thing when this is happening and i'm going to do my best to shut it down and i think that that actually might be a really crucial step particularly if you're trying to build a you know at least a functional team or an accountable team um, so that they know like oh man, they really shut that conversation down really quick. I wonder if they think I'm like not on their side, or maybe they don't trust me in having this real, Mm -hmm. real conversation, you know, because that person might just be thinking like, I'm just trying to have a real conversation. Maybe they think they're trying to even build trust with you, right? And Mm -hmm. are you saying like, nope, not doing this thing? um, You know, they might turn that to a negative, you know, Mm -hmm. I suppose that's one of those other like potential negative outcomes and trying to uh, address with it, you, there's an opportunity to erode some trust, but that's where yeah. like being transparent at a time and bringing the team along on this journey is incredibly important.
0: Yeah, well, and I think too, you you have the opportunity when you start to discuss it as a team to say like, I'm here's, I personally am asking everyone on the team, like we're going to try and shut it down um, and push back if I say nope, we're not going to go down that road. We're not going to pair, push back, and say, "Here's what my intention is right now," mm. and have that conversation. Because I, I think, you know, I'm I'm trying to. I, we're definitely at the point in this recording where I'm like, "What did we forget? What everything? What is everything <laughs> else?" I can say? Um, but one of the things that I I want to make sure we say out loud is, not all private conversations are pairing. Sure. Right. And uh, if you genuinely have, if you are genuinely going to one of your colleagues to say, I need to have this conversation either in the group or with this other person, and I don't know how to do it, can you help coach me? Mm -hmm. That, if that is where you stay with it and it doesn't turn into, yeah, you're right, that person's a real, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, then it's not pairing.
2: Sure.
0: It is preparing yourself like, coaching, mentoring, um, role-playing, all of that stuff is important in, you know, when you are learning a skill set. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and so being able to push back and say, here's what, what my intentionality is right now. Here's what I'd like to do. That makes it not pairing. Also, final thought on that, because I want to make sure we say this out loud. Um Saying that your team is not going to be involved in pairing does not mean you cannot have confidential conversations with each other. Doesn't mean that you can't go to your coworker and say, Hey, it looks like some things are going on with you today. Do you want to talk about that? That's not pairing, yeah, right, you know, right. or, Hey, can I tell you a thing that's going on with me personally? Yeah. And can, can we have that conversation? That's not pairing. Right. Um, and in at the, precise if you hit the precise right line also going to your cowork and saying hey i am worried about this person for this reason
2: yeah
0: right yeah um that is not pairing right it's when you say oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm worried too because they did this and this and this and that mm-hmm. i get so frustrated when they do that
1: yeah
0: so that's the line you have to draw
1: Right, I'm really glad that you mentioned the line, and for the listeners who's drawing this line on the, I've screen. drawn
2: so many lines <laughs>
1: because I I think um it's it's incredibly tough to identify, and it's mm-hmm. very easy to define it as blurry, and for you to go in with all the right intentions, and then it turned into pairing, it, yeah. like so it's so tempting, it's so human, um, mm-hmm. to, and. <laughs> not to justify it or make it sound like it's okay, but to acknowledge that it's imperfect and it's blurry and t- very difficult, yeah. um, I think is important, I guess is all that I'm trying to say, um, because sometimes these things can sound so simple and so easy, like, oh, when I go into that conversation, I just need to say, hey, I need to check in or you know, whatever, give some sort of preamble to make the conversation safe. And then it flips into pairing, you know? like, yeah, mm. that's not how it works. Um, yeah. Or the first part of the conversation is truly genuinely, um, you know, one of those healthy private conversations or uh, healthy is not the word I wanted to use there, but, but, and then it transforms into pairing because it's a rabbit hole that you can go down to mm-hmm. and or go down. So anyway, um, both of your um, things that you wanted to say out loud, I think addressing the line and its challenges, the challenges that come with the line, I think are really important.
0: Yeah. Awesome so what are our next steps
1: next steps have the team listen to this episode we're just gonna market the crap out of this episode and say hey guys listen to this thing
0: and we shouldn't have to because it's like (laughs) right there
1: it is right there
0: yeah Yeah. i'm i'm really excited to get uh four more listeners
1: (laughs) yeah it's all about those uh metrics right
0: it's true it's true.
1: What else? What else is next to
0: Well, and then, and then have this discussion with them. Yeah. I think, I honestly think this is a tough discussion because yeah. I think looking at everything we need to talk about um, when we talk about how are we going to build this ideal accountable team, this is probably one of those things. Number one, that is most likely to get people pairing after we talk about it. I just, I picture in my head, like, having to have this really trying to have a really open and frank conversation on the team, um, on any team and just getting crickets. And then the meetings that happen after the meeting we're like, why did they pretend that why did they say that we were pairing? Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think well, hopefully
1: we can hopefully we can lay some uh expectations or ground rules to yeah you know I guess level set a bit and let them know that, that while we are aware that pairing might be happening, we're not having this conversation about any one specific instance of it or somebody's mm-hmm. somebody being a repeat offender or anything like that. It's yeah. just this this is a real issue on many teams and ours is no different. And if we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. it ain't going to change.
0: Right. Right. And there's a lot of positive about changing it. Yeah, you know, you, you sure. mentioned trust and that's like number one this is uh one of the things that this that eliminating that pairing does is is sign a new social contract right so I think we talked about on one of the episodes before about that social contract if I don't talk about how you do your job and you don't talk about how I do my job in front of other people and that's our contract well this is a new contract which is I do uh bring up real issues with the intention of helping you yeah and uh as long as my intentionality everybody's intentionality is good um then we build this different kind of trust
2: yeah
1: what a growth opportunity i think of like um (laughs) you know the example of like not asking a question in the big group because you don't know something or um there's you know an issue that you want to bring up aren't comfortable and then you you save it for the pairing um we've all probably been in a meeting where somebody asks one of those questions in the big group that is an uncomfortable one or whatever and if not everybody in the room 95% of the room is like oh my god thank god they asked it not me yeah you know well hey you know you're like you're not only are you helping yourself um but you're probably helping everyone else in the room too by just asking the thing and you wind up saving everybody's time that you know, yeah, they're having those conversations after or whatever. So anyway, that's just one tiny little example.
0: It's a great one. Yeah. Well, thanks for this great discussion. Yeah, today. thank you. It was fun. Gosh, was. I, I love doing my job like this. this is so <sighs> fun. And listeners, we appreciate you joining us on this journey. We hope you keep coming back to hear more. Um, And you can always follow us on social media or get in touch with us at our website at exclamationcuso.com.
1: Thanks, Sue. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Be awesome. We'll see you next time.
0: The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork.
1: Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.